Welcome back to the Not Applicable Show. I am Aspen. And I'm Noah. This is season... F- oh, <laughs> this is episode four. <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching Getting a lot of... Yeah. I've been watching a lot of TV this week. Getting so. a little ahead of ourselves. Uh-huh. This is episode four. Uh, of but, season one, if you want to call it that. Yeah, but this is a show where we talk about anything and everything that may be applicable to you. Or not. And if it's not, then that's fine. Because I'm sure you'll find, I'm sure you have a cousin or a friend or a sister or someone who is related to this topic. Yeah, don't mind me, I'm just taking a sip of my ass tea. His ass tea out of his brand new cup. My Yeti mug. (laughs) We love luxury in this household. Yeah. Yes. All right, so. Oh, did you hear that? My hip popping. (laughs) Nice. So this week we're going to be talking about travel. Yeah. Our experiences, our stories. Oh my gosh, I have so many stories. Stuff. But first, let's let's do a little life update stuff. How are you doing, hon? Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm doing good. Yeah. It's been a it's been a week. It's been a day, and. We're going on vacation pretty soon. Yeah, when this airs, we will be in Lake Shasta already. And I'm just, I'm just excited because I am excited to be out of the daily routine for a little bit because... Yeah, it's fun to shake things up in life. Yeah, because Mercury is in retrograde, and if you know what that means, you know that it's just a time. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. You got any fun stories from this past week? Um. Or any stories? They don't have to be fun. Any stories? We'll see. Let's try to make one fun. Um. I can't really think of one off the top of my head. But, you know, just kind of. I don't know. My schedule was flipped around and spun around and stuff like that so it's been a bit of a busy week but I was a little bees fun but yeah so uh honestly not really any stories today I had a really wild dream last night how about I talk about that okay that sounds good okay so last night I had this dream that I was in this house like it was like a lighthouse so it was on an island it's a good movie yeah, it was a good movie. Kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But it was it was on this really small island, and we were all, like, in this house, and I didn't recognize any of the people except one of the guys was Evan Peters. <laughs> because we had just watched... Uh, we've been watching American Horror Story, so I kind of figured that that was why he was in my dream. So, Evan Peters and... Well, sorry. That's okay. My journal's getting all knocked around. No problem. But... So it was me and these two other gals and Evan Peters and this one other guy. And we were all, like, competing to see who could get off the island. And so Evan Peters was, like, trying to help me out and, like, trying to be my friend. But at the end of the dream, he, like, totally betrayed me. And there was a sheep involved at one point. I don't really remember. Sounds like an American Horror Story episode. I know. I don't really remember most of the dream. I just know that there was a sheep, an island, and Evan Peters. American Horror Story island. Hey, we could we could propose that that could that could be something. Yeah, Ryan Murphy, if this ever gets to you. Yeah, Island. Yeah. The next season, 
Aspen just gave you the premise right there. There's absolutely... sheep and Evan Peters is there. Yep. Everyone's competing to leave. Yep. It's like a game show, but it's uh, but it's real. Anyhow. Anyhow, what about you? How has your week been? Uh, How's your day been? It's my day's been good. Yeah. Just to date this recording, it's Sunday right now. It is. So both of our days off, typically when we record an episode. But so this whole pandemic thing, mm-hmm. man, it's been a time. It's like you get, it's, it makes it more difficult to go out places. Yeah. And pay for stuff because some places aren't doing cash. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so starting with this first story. Um, oh, yeah, you were telling me about how you yeah, have a couple stories. Yeah, I was sending this today. in the car, but I was saving it for the podcast. Yeah. So, when was this? This was during my work week. This was probably. This was Tuesday because I was going in between two different jobs. Yeah. So, Tuesday, I had a job up in West Seattle and. All we were doing was trim out, and I'm not even lying. The only job was to install an out two outlets mm-hmm. in front above on the ceiling uh, for the garage door motor to oh. be plugged into. Nice. So we did that, and then my next job was in Queen Anne, mm-hmm. which it was about a 30-minute drive mm-hmm. from West Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since it, we take our own cars to each job, I figured I'd treat myself and get coffee because mm-hmm. my crew had to stop off at Home Depot to pick up some more supplies for the Queen Anne job. Mm-hmm. So I go to this place in West Seattle on the way to Queen Anne. It's called Olympic Coffee. Nice. And so I ordered a iced oat milk matcha with their vanilla house-made vanilla bergamot syrup. <sighs> it's very good. That's such a good flavor. Yeah, so... Can't wait to go there. Yeah, highly recommend if you're in the West Seattle area. Anyhow, so I order my drink, and obviously they're not doing cash. Mm -hmm. So I have to pay with card. So I hand the barista my card, and then, you know, she's just like... She does the whole transaction, and then she turns around and asks me, Would you like to add a tip? And it's like... That know, is so awkward. Right? It's like, come on. It's like, it's already a gray area to be tipping in, you know, coffee. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, feel like they have to do it. Others are just like, there's no way in hell. Yeah. And for me, it absolutely depends on what coffee shop I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So for a barista just to flat out ask me, do I want a tip? Is just like, that puts you right on the spot and it mm. makes you feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. I can re- totally relate to that. Yeah. I, that happened to me earlier this week, too. I went to a different coffee shop, and someone asked me if I wanted a tip. And I was just like, oh, yeah, you can just bring it up to the next dollar. And they were like, so 75 cents? And I was like, a 75-cent tip? Yes. And they were like, okay. And I'm just like, listen, I think that that's reasonable. Tipping, so you know kind of sidestep tipping is like really weird because it's like obviously you tip at restaurants yeah but nowadays it's like they'll ask you a tip for anywhere it's like i swear to god i feel like the <laughs> GameStop will start asking you if you want to start tipping for buying a console <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's the direction we're going right now i know well then you go to other countries and it's actually disrespectful it's like weird to tip yeah like I know that in, uh, let's see, where did I go recently? Japan. Yeah. You don't tip anybody. Like, that is a big no-no. And if you try to tip them, 
they will get like if you try to tip the server or whoever that person will feel embarrassed because they're not supposed to accept it and they don't want to mm-hmm. but it's like in america we just have this huge culture around tipping and being a former barista like former baristas i think that we both can say that tipping is nice like it's nice to be tipped but i also personally i only tip if they are if the barista is like super helpful and kind yeah because like too. if they're rude to me then i'm just like why do you expect me to give you right. extra for acting rude i don't know it's like kind of tying this into where i work now it's like i don't get tipped just because i did a good job i get paid by the hour yeah so exactly. it's like why would i need the extra money yeah exactly. obviously it's like you know not to sound weird but obviously different pay grades yeah and you know obviously you're above them yeah. <laughs> sure your words not mine i'm just kidding that's sarcasm Anyhow, for people who don't know what that is yeah but it's just really weird it's like obviously tipping will go towards someone's paycheck yeah and the company as a whole but i just feel that it's it it was just really weird it put me on the spot and i said yes and i ended up (laughs) tipping like a dollar yeah and you know it was nice but i kind of wish i could tip after my drink i have my drink you know yeah so it's just like you know is this coffee worth like you know tipping for yeah because there have been some times where i've been doing coffee shop and it's like you know, I tipped and then I get the coffee and it tastes like absolute shit. And you're just like, all right. So I'm like, thank you for this. I'm glad some love and soul water. went into this drink. I know. Well, that's my thing too, is it's like, I feel like you should only tip, like I said, if the barista is kind and if it's like a welcoming environment. And I know that sounds really petty at the end of the day, but it's also like, it and, should be if you genuinely want to. Yeah. It shouldn't be an, an obligation. obligation. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that what disappoints me in especially like minimum wage jobs, it's like they account for the tip average to add into that person's minimum wage. So right. they could be paying, they could be getting paid. And I'm sure at that place they weren't getting paid because right. it's like a lot of Seattle coffee shops, I feel, treat their employees really well. But then you, like, run into some places that are just trying to make as much as they can and pay as little as possible to right. their employees. And so their employees are getting paid, like, you know, below minimum, minimum wage. wage which and then is the like, tip is, like, going to add yeah. up to the minimum wage. Yeah. And that's yeah. the way Starbucks was for me from what I heard because they were like, oh, yeah, this is what they do. And I don't know if that's completely true or not because, you know, I never really looked into it. But at the same time. It was just like, we were just having a conversation the other day about, oh my gosh, wow, getting a paycheck that actually makes me feel like I'm able to save something is so nice. Because it's like, with my high school job, I felt like I just had enough to cover for gas and insurance and, like, food if I am going out or something, you know? Right. And I only ended up saving, like, like, a very small chunk of my savings now. And it was only because of other jobs that I was able to build that, you know? Yeah. Kind of to backtrack, I'm not trying to, you know, bash or embarrass people who ask, you know, would you like to tip? Mm -hmm. Like, in a way, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's just, it kind of, it caught me off guard and it put me on the spot. And I just felt a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, at restaurants, they give, they literally leave you a spot if you're paying with card mm-hmm. on how much you want to tip. So that way it's like, they don't see it till after you've left. Yeah. But then it's like when someone asks you right in your face, it's just like, 
Now what do I do? It's like, well, I seem like kind of a jerk if I'm not tipping yeah. you. But yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. It's such a fine line to ride because it's like you want to, you want to like show your gratitude to that person. But at the same time, it's like, like you said, there's some places where you definitely don't feel the need to because like the staff is rude and the drinks are kind of bad yeah i feel like if anything you're tipping for service oh yeah absolutely i mean that's the only thing yeah here's another story uh also last week we ordered pizza Mm -hmm. and when i went to go pick it up he also asked me if i wanted to tip same thing happened and it's like i was picking up pizza yeah so i wasn't paying for service or anything i called it in ahead of time yeah it's like obviously you know some people tip their pizza delivery drivers because it's like they took their time used their car yeah to bring you the pizza but if you're but it's like i'm it picking up, this pizza up myself and if you're not serving me other than giving me the pizza that i ordered from your restaurant that i already paid for at the price yeah, yeah that's the other thing i feel like people it's kind of controversial but i think that you know you shouldn't be required or you shouldn't feel obligated to tip for for picking up takeout either and you know in this time maybe it is a little more helpful helpful to be tipping especially since restaurants don't have the option of in-house seating but it's also just kind of like it's really weird yeah it is and i had one lady get super pissed at me because uh because she asked me why i didn't tip no that's even more like as i was leaving she was like why no tip and i was like um, excuse me? She was like, well, why didn't you tip me? And I was like, uh, because this is takeout and I normally tip based off of service. Right. I was like, that's why they always say 20% for great service, 15% for good service, and 10% for mediocre. But it's for service, not for the food quality, right? Yeah. And she was like super, super upset with me. And I was like, and as I was leaving, I was like, well, ma'am, the way that you're treating me now is not going to make me want to tip you. Exactly. And then she was like speechless and I walked out of there. I never went back. I was like, your food isn't even that yeah. good. After all that, I tipped him 15%. Did you? <laughs> I did. That's so funny. Again, I was like, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be rude. And I was just like, you know, especially kind of now. guilt trip you into it. I would like, say guilt trip. Maybe yeah. a little bit, but. I don't know. I feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's enough of that conversation. <laughs> I just think it's such a weird area to talk about nowadays. Yeah. So my other story was just this last weekend, we were house-sitting for my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> and I had asked my brother to come over because I want to have a heart-to-heart conversation with him. And then, you know... I bet he's listening, too. <laughs> I hope he is. Hi, Hi Alex. Alex. <laughs> and, you know, if... So when we were... I, when we were done having our adult conversation mm-hmm. and he's like, I was in your podcast. I was like, oh, what'd you think? He's like, your voice sounds so different. And I was like, what? And he's <laughs> like, your voice, it just doesn't sound like you. So really? now, if you haven't noticed, I'm talking, I guess you could say a lot more bold. I'm trying to, it's really weird. I have a hard time. Something I'm kind of insecure about is my voice. Oh. It's like, I don't know how I sound. It's mm-hmm. like, I know how I sound in my head, but I don't know how I sound to others. Mm-hmm. So then I try to sound what I think is appealing to others. Because yeah. it's also appealing to myself. Mm-hmm. So now I'm kind of just talking a little more monotone. I think it's just because I get excited or I get in this weird performance mode where my voice just kind of goes all over the place. Yeah, I kind of notice that you do that sometimes, yeah, so, but I don't think it's bad or good. I just think it's something that happens, you know? Yeah, so now I'm talking a little more monotone, and 
yeah. in a man voice. In a man voice. It's like uh, Into the Spider-Verse. He's like, I'm not a boy, I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that thing where he's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's how he defeats Fisk. It's how he defeats? Defeats Fisk. <laughs> That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said defeats. No. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyways. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I can relate to that. I feel like... I feel like I, I don't really listen to our episodes. I, I have one. I, I think I listened to our first one. Yeah. Sounded pretty good. Yeah, I know that I probably should because I hear that a lot of podcasters like listen to their content back. But I honestly, I am still learning to appreciate my voice. And I feel a bit insecure because I've always been told that it sounds really nasally and annoying. I don't think it does. Oh, thanks. But yeah, I had... When I was younger, this one girl who I was in Sunday school with, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. we were, like, in Sunday school, and she was being mean. She was like, you have a really annoying voice. And this was literally, like, 13 years ago. (laughs) But still sits with me. I'm not going to expose her, but... Yeah, you know who you are if you're listening. (laughs) Yikes. Thanks for contributing to my self-esteem problems. No. (laughs) But I feel like... I feel like as time goes on, I've gotten more comfortable with my voice, and especially if I don't try to sound a different way or act a different way, and I just kind of let things go naturally. Yeah. You know, it's less worrisome. I'm trying to get better at it. Yeah. I Whenever I listen back to our, our episodes, I'm just like, these are two completely different people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think of it as myself. Yeah. Now. I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah, it is what it is, and... Sometimes I listen back and, like, I'll hear a joke that I thought was funny to make when it really was not. And I'm just like, oh, it sounds, so, it sounds like a grandma made a joke like that. Like, it's so bad. Yeah. So I apologize for all past and all future jokes that I will make because I cannot guarantee that all of them are going to be funny. Well, actually, according to our first episode, you said we're funny on the show. <laughs> okay, Noah. That's a direct quote. Yeah, I am aware. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that You're to my like, attention. We're funny on this show. That okay. was hilarious. All right. <laughs> that was the one that I was referencing without d- directly referencing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that I, I think that I personally find myself funny, like in my own head, mm-hmm. but. Most of the stuff that I say, people don't understand the context that I was making the joke in, and so they don't find it funny. Yeah. And so that's why I'll, like, listen to it, and I'll be like, hey, that was pretty funny. And <laughs> But I'll listen to it with someone else, and they don't laugh, and I'm just like, okay. That's awkward. awkward. Yeah. I hate making... Okay. Scenario. You're 15. You're trying to be comfortable in a group of kids, and you make a joke, and then you're the only one laughing. How do you feel? Amazing. <laughs> that happened to me so much when I like from the age of probably nine to fifteen. I know that's a large range, but I just did not catch on. I would be like, "Oh yeah, this is fine. This is going to be so funny," and then I would say it out loud, and people would give me that sympathetic, uh, sympathetic laughter, 
and I would just sit there kind of devastated and I would be laughing at myself. And sometimes I thought the joke that I made was so funny that I literally could not stop laughing. And it was so embarrassing because I would be crying and no one else would be. And so I'd be like, I have to go pee. Oh my gosh. It was so, I'm getting like secondhand embarrassment. (laughs) Oh, I'm just remembering that. so awkward. (laughs) That's like the equivalent to going like to a stand-up comedy show and like, you know, he's building up to the punchline mm-hmm. and then he starts wheezing and laughing as he's delivering the punchline. So you just can't even tell what he's yep. saying anymore. That's exactly what yeah. it was like. But, you know, you live and you learn. And now I kind of, if I think of something funny in a social situation, especially, mm-hmm. I'll say it over like three times in my head. And I know that sounds a little over dramatic. But I literally will say it like three or four times in my head and be like, is this going to be accepted in the in the group that I'm in? Are people going to think that this is funny? See, for me, I just I just don't really think about it. I'm just like, is this going to offend somebody? And then if not, then I just full send and I say it with 110% commitment. Yeah. And typically it'll land. But your sense of humor is so dry and sarcastic that I feel like it works in a lot more situations yeah because i feel like sometimes i will try to use like like i don't know sometimes i'll make like satirical jokes Mm -hmm. and people won't understand what i was referencing and so they'll just be like i feel like my humor is very dry but also it's very specific because whenever i make a punchline it is like so specific to Mm-hmm. something yeah it just puts into like an exact perspective or an exact emotion that mm-hmm. or an exact picture it could paint in someone's head to yeah. make it funny although sometimes i will say something really witty because i'm i feel like as i'm getting older i'm more and more witty and my dad he is really hard to make laugh like like the way that he thinks or processes humor is way different and and so sometimes I'll share something with him that I think is really funny and he won't laugh at all. And then other times I'll say something just really nonchalantly, like a sarcastic comment or something. And he will be in tears, like crying, laughing. And I'll be like, whoa, gold star for me. It's so weird. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. On to the main topic of travel. Oh, Yeah. Where should we start? Should we talk about just where we've been in general? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, why not? I'll go first. My list is very short. Okay. (laughs) Um, In the States, I've only traveled to Idaho, Oregon, California. Mm -hmm. Those are the only three or four states I've been to. Mm -hmm. Um, All for different occasions. For Idaho, it's typically to go to Silverwood. Mm -hmm. And then Oregon, it's like Portland or road tripping. Mm -hmm. California... It is Disneyland and Universal most of the time. Yeah. And then this week we'll be gone at Lake Shasta. Yeah. And that's why, yeah. So those are the only places I've been to. How about you? What about internationally, though? Internationally, Canada and Mexico. Fun times. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, very short list. Yeah. Uh, my list is a little bit longer, but... So, I'm very fortunate to be in a family of nomadic people, and my family loves traveling. I've moved houses uh, eight or nine times in my life. 
coming up on like nine or ten now. Yeah, because we'll probably be moving within the next two years. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's going to be my ninth house that I've lived in. But yeah, so I've moved a lot in my life and I'm only 19. So put that into perspective. And uh, but then the the other thing about my family is that my both my parents love traveling and they just they kind of made this vow a while ago that we every two or three years instead of doing a yearly vacation to like a small spot they would just save so that they could go and take us to a really cool spot and this last big vacation that they went on to Africa I did not go on which I'm kind of sad about but I'm also happy because they were gone over Christmas and they were Thanksgiving gone for, too. Yeah, they were gone for like six weeks and I wouldn't have been able to hang out with you at all. Yeah, I would be but, in school and I was at work. Yeah, but uh, but so the states I've been to are I have family in California and my sister lives in Oregon. So Oregon and California. I've been to Montana and Idaho and Wyoming. You were totally meant to Montana. Where were you in Montana for? Uh, Yellowstone. Oh, right, right. Never yeah. mind. You did tell me about that. I've been to Texas briefly. I've been to Florida for Disney World. I've been to New York uh, for, I think I was four or five. My parents took us there and we went to the American Girl doll store and Gotta love it. had a big, big time. <laughs> um, and then I, I've been to Hawaii. I haven't been to Alaska, though. Oh, right. I've been to Hawaii, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a cool place. Yeah. And then internationally, I've been to Canada and Mexico and Costa Rica and Japan and Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam. Nice. And technically, I have been to Panama because... When Is I'm, it a layover? No. So while, this is a, one, a wild story for... All right. I'm just going to go into a short tangent about airplanes. So I've been on probably the greater part of 45 airplanes, like different flights in my life. Right. And most of them have been pretty calm. But let me tell you, some of the ones that I've been on internationally are devastating because... So when I was 11, we went to uh, Costa Rica for five weeks and we, so the first, the first leg, cause we had a layover in Texas. Yeah. The first leg we, this was when there were only four kids in my family. My mom was pregnant with my brother. She was six months pregnant and it was still okay for her to travel. So that's what we were doing. We were in uh, the Seattle Tacoma airport and we were getting ready to go and we thought that our plane was boarding at a different time and so we all decided it was we had enough time to go get starbucks so all of us tying it back to coffee yes exactly and little did i know that five years later i would be in that place sirens yes i would be the siren herself yeah so we all had our drinks and we were having a great time and slowly slowly walking over we all had we didn't carry any any like luggage so we all had backpacks like heavy duty overnight ones those were that was only clothing and stuff that we had for five weeks so we all have our backpacks on my mom is pregnant with her flip-flops on her feet and we're all going towards the gate and then we found out that it got changed to a different gate that was like on the opposite end so we started walking that way and then over the 
the intercom we hear. Beard, party of six. Your plane is leaving. Which is, you know, my family. It means hurry the hell up. And so we were just like, oh, okay. So we start kind of jogging and my mom couldn't run because she's six months pregnant. Right. She was like, I'm not going to run in flip flops on the linoleum floor and risk falling. And so I, being 11, was like, I'm going to save my family. So I booked it forward. The gatekeeper at this gate was super, super mean. She was swearing at me and like... Customer service at its finest. I know. And she was like telling my mom to hurry the F up. And I'm just like, uh, excuse me. So we got on the plane. We made it there. We kind of did a little walk of shame because we were seated in the very back of the plane. Oh, awesome. And did a walk of shame through the aisleway. Everyone's staring at us and we all have our Starbucks in our hand. <laughs> we finally sat down. So then we got to uh, Texas, stayed overnight. And then our plane was at 8.30 or something the next morning. So we went there and, or no, it wasn't. It was in the afternoon. And so we uh, got to that airport, got on the plane just fine. The plane was great until it was time to land. And we had flown into a really stormy area right over the, the San Jose airport and Apparently, there were lots of planes trying to land, but they were having some troubles with communicating with the, you know, tower. tower. Okay. And so everyone's freaking out on the plane. The pilot is like, hey, so we're circling around the landing strip right now. We can't really land. Um, so we're just going to be in the air for probably another 45 minutes. Jeez. And we're all just like, okay. So then we're like coming down to land and everyone thinks we're landing and i kid you not he yanked that plane right up into the air we shot forward and like i thought that we were going to die i was so scared there's so much turbulence and then he goes over the intercom again and he's like i'm so sorry passengers we had to make an immediate uh uh ascent into the air because uh, it wasn't our turn to land and this and this and this. And so I'm just like, what kind of pilot are you? Yikes. And so then we went to Panama to refuel. We landed there, refueled, took off again, and then landed in San Jose. And we were four hours late uh, to our pickup. And the guy who was supposed to drive us to our hotel had waited for us. And he still had the sign for us. He was so nice. I can't remember his name, but he was a chill dude. So... That's nice. Yeah. And then another airplane story. When I was in Japan on the way home from Japan. So if you don't really know, you can visualize that Japan is an island country. And it is way across the uh, the Pacific from us. So the entire flight is over water. It's a little traumatizing if you are scared of flying. And so I was doing fine. And... I don't sleep very well on planes, so I was kind of worried about that, but I finally fell asleep two hours into this eight-hour flight, uh, or no, it was a 10-hour flight. Two hours into the 10-hour flight, we got hit with terrible, terrible turbulence, and the plane was shaking, and then we dropped probably like 200 feet, Wow! and I got a little bit of airtime, and I started hysterically crying, and my whole body was shaking, and I was like, I'm never going to see my family or my fiance ever again, and this is how I'm going to die, <laughs> and I didn't sleep for the rest of the plane flight, and I was so tired when I got home, 
You but, were out like a light when you came home. Oh, yeah. I absolutely was. It was just like the minute you set your bags down, you laid down on the couch and it was lights out. Mm-hmm. And it was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't even remember getting home. I just yeah. remember sleeping. <laughs> so, yeah. What about you? Do you have any interesting travel stories? Because I have other stories like when I was in the place because those are just the flights yeah don't mind me just scooting in my chair yeah you're fine anyhow um for me all my stories are kind of car rides yeah so you've probably been on more road trips than i have yeah so one time we were driving to i want to say portland mm-hmm. and it was just me my brother and my father mm-hmm. and so we were driving down and i don't know why but when i was younger i used to get pretty bad car sickness. I can relate to that. Yeah. So as we were driving down, um, when we got there, I was like, I don't feel good. I think I'm going to throw up. And so it was like so terrible. It was like I we couldn't find a bathroom. I didn't oh, have a paper no. bag. So I had to stick my head out the window and I just vomited out the car. <laughs> That's so disgusting. <laughs> and it was like... Oh my gosh. That's so disgusting. It's just, you know, we're on the freeway and it's just going out. Oh, nice. No. Was Was there anyone behind you? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And so it was just so terrible. Oh my gosh. Oh, I remember we had ate McDonald's before that. Oh, I was like, love that. Yeah, and I was watching movies on like, you know, the old portable DVD players. Oh my gosh, I had one of those. Yeah, those were, those were the shit on road trips. They absolutely were. So anyhow, I was watching that and I think I was just, my eyes were focused on that and like, you know, kind of the rocking back and forth of Ugh. being on the freeway mm. and, you know, good old healthy McDonald's sits well in the stomach. Absolutely. Yeah. So on top of all of that, it was like, I just could not I think it was like, I. this happened in literally the span of a minute. It was like, I don't feel good. Look for a bag. And then it was like, I stuck my head out the window and it was just, I luckily looked down. Oh, that's And good. I wasn't looking like kind of straight. Otherwise it just would have, you know, yeah. it still got on the car. Don't get me wrong. And it was, Ew. you know, Wait, disgusting. How old were you? Ooh, I think I was, I think I was probably eight. Eight? Eight or nine, easily. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that was the time. And, you know, when we get there the other days, fucking puke streams on the car, side of the car. And they're like, they're almost like really nasty racing stripes. Yeah. <laughs> are going like 70 or 80 that on the freeway. nasty. And there's like, you know, little chunks of oh, chicken. Oh, do not say that. <laughs> Ew. I have a puke story. Yeah. Oh, does, it, does it have to do with traveling? It absolutely does. Right. Okay, so one time, my older sister Dakota and I, when we were little kids, we were the only two at the time. My dad used to have this big black truck, and he had just detailed the entire thing and set us up like the spot. It was, we each had our own individual DVD player, so we could watch whatever we wanted. Nice. We had our snacks and our water and blankets and pillows. It was so comfy i just and this was when i was like i think i was three yeah i was like three but i can remember it which is wild anyhow uh so he was like super excited because we were gonna road trip down to california to visit my family and it was gonna be super nice and it was christmas time and everyone's ready to go and as we are driving down we get no farther than tacoma 
and Dakota just vomits all over the car, all over, like, everywhere. So he had to pull over, and he had to clean it out, and the whole car still smelled like vomit. That's the worst. It was nasty. There was another time when it was the same portable DVD player. And, same one. Yeah. Good old reliable. <laughs> and it was like, just without warning, I just vomited in the car on this DVD player. onto my lap. You know, it was it was so disgusting. That's so gross. And, yeah. Ugh. I think we were... It wasn't the same trip. We might have been going to Silverwood that time. Yeah. I'm glad that you're not like that anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm typically driving now. Yeah. I do get car sick if I'm sitting in the back seat, though. Yeah. Depending on who's driving and stuff, too. But uh, it's not a fun time. Sometimes I'll get super car sick, and I honestly am convinced that I'm going to throw up. And I'm just like, please, no. Please. So I like typically before we hit the road, I won't eat anything. Yeah. It'll just be water. So that way it's like I only have to pee. Mm-hmm. And that way I don't have to like upchuck anything. Ugh, disgusting. Yeah. I don't like puking. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. You feel like you're throwing up your intestines. Yeah. And then your throat's all raw. Acid-y. Your teeth feel so freaking Ugh. acidic. Why are we talking about this? Anyway, because we're talking about travel. That's one of the beauties of traveling. You have so many stories. Yeah. But on a more positive note, what's something you absolutely love about traveling? Um, I love meeting new people. Not necessarily like making lifelong friendships or like meeting people in that way. Yeah. But I just think it's cool like meeting all sorts of different folks. Yeah, I agree. Like so most of the South, like South American countries that I've gone to, mm-hmm. like I'm talking primarily about Mexico and Costa Rica because those are the only two. Even though Mexico is still part of North America, right? But uh, whenever I go there, so I'm I'm technically like ethnically white, mm-hmm. but no way. I know. Well, people don't see me that often, so. Anyhow. But I am also, I don't know what gene we have. We have got to have some ancestor that was not white because my mom and one of my sisters and myself are all olive skinned. We have. Huh? Brown. Brown. So, yeah, if you don't know what olive skin is, it's just brown. And so, but I also have a lot of Hispanic features. And so people, whenever I go to one of those countries, I kid you not. Three or four different times, each each trip, people will walk up to me and start speaking Spanish to me, or they'll ask me for directions if they're like a tourist, and I'm just like, I'm from Washington, <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh, no way, you actually, but you know, it's so funny because then you start a conversation with those people, and like, I have one memory from when I went to Mexico when I was, I think I was seven or eight, and I was swimming in the pool with my mom, and like one of the guys who was working at the hotel like came up to me and asked me something in Spanish and I got really confused and my mom was like, "Oh, uh we're from we're from the US. We're we're from Washington." And he was like, "Oh. Well, I was just asking her what her favorite thing about swimming is." And I was just like, "Oh, so wholesome." <laughs> you know, but and especially if you ever go to Thailand or Cambodia, those two places, the people are so nice. Yeah. Like super like the culture of like community there i think there's they're really big on community and they're just 
so kind and all the people that we met were like really joyful and positive and were really accommodating and like really happy to have conversations with them or with us and stuff but yeah i think for me my favorite part about traveling is experiencing like what you said different culture Mm -hmm. it's like even in the states there's a different culture here oh yeah it's like i haven't been to the south but obviously southern food is miles different from what something you'll get here oh yeah in seattle like Mm -hmm. here you can get a vegan garden burger southern Mm -hmm. barbecue is humongous down there yeah it may be an an oversimplification Mm -hmm. but i feel like there's some truth to that because yeah look at any cooking show any chef cook whoever Mm -hmm. from the south barbecue is absolutely their thing yeah i agree similarly in hawaii you know even though it's still one of the states it's a lot of asian inspired food even though it's technically an american you know it's part of the u.s yeah but even the whole lifestyle there everyone's so laid back oh yeah it's like people joke about island time but you know it really is just like going slow pace like if i were like, if my personality were to be a place, it would probably be, like, Kauai. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, super crunchy. Like, everyone's really into their organic food and, like, fruit and stuff. And everyone's, like, slowed down. Like, they just enjoy being yeah. at a slow pace. But, you know, compared to New York or everyone's L.A. Go, go, go. or something like that, everyone is so self-centered and, like, focused on bettering themselves and right. nothing wrong with that but yeah it's no just not self-centered in a bad way but just like you know it's very career oriented in those right. places and speaking I, of la yeah traffic there is horrendous oh yeah you hear people joke about that but shoot i remember it's so real we were going from like Uni- universal studios to disneyland or vice versa mm-hmm. and it was like traffic was horrendous oh my gosh. it was like it was supposed to only take us probably about 45 minutes to an hour to get there it took us two and a half hours you can drive to portland from seattle oh my in that gosh. time yeah literally that's terrible oh i don't like traffic and i don't like heavily popul- populated areas yeah both times i've been to san francisco i've had a panic attack oh yeah traffic there is terrible too it is i feel like california unless you're like in northern california or southern california like that in between spot is so busy and like Mm -hmm. i don't know because even where my grandparents live like it used to be a really small town and now it's just getting more and more like every time we go there's something new and it just kind of blows my mind and not that there's like crazy traffic or anything right but it's just crazy how quickly things are developing and whatnot no audio spike from you cracking your knuckles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. I didn't even realize I was doing I thought it was funny. Watch, I'll do mine now. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. But what's been your favorite place you've traveled to or your most memorable? Mm-hmm. I guess those can be interchangeable or completely different depending on how you interpret it. Favorite place. Um, let's see. I think that... I think for me, the most memorable one Mm -hmm. would be our Oregon trip. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about this before, but if not, I'll talk about it again. Mm -hmm. So we got engaged July of last year Mm -hmm. and kind of to celebrate the end of high school and being engaged, we went to uh, Seaside, Astoria, 
Portland and Salem. Mm-hmm. The, that took us like a week, and then like the next week we went to Silverwood, mm-hmm. and so that was like that was definitely the most memorable yeah. because it, there was just a lot of sentimental value in what we did, and it was just like it was our first trip on our own, like yeah. you know, as young adults. Yeah, we were it was 18. so fun. Yeah, we were such babies back then. Like now that I think about that trip, I just think about the way that we went about stuff. I mean, even if you look at pictures from. Us then. Oh my gosh, it, we, so young. We look miles different. Maybe not miles, but we look significantly different from oh, yeah. how we do now. I think that you have changed a lot. Like, I feel like I definitely changed a little bit. I think you changed a lot. Yeah, I think that I have kind of phased into, like, my adult, like, physical appearance. Because right. even, even up until I was, like, almost 19, I feel, mm-hmm. I felt like I was kind of still in that teenage appearance look. But I feel like we're both kind of phasing into getting ready for our 20s. and But you definitely, like, I look back on pictures of even when we first started dating. Okay, you guys, Noah and I started dating when we were 17. We were both, like, brand new 17. And, oh my goodness. Our, we didn't start we didn't start dating technically until we were like until I was 17 and a half or so well even then it was like well, we but we were like I just turned 17 yeah and we, we had met. just become friends yeah we and, and then we started dating like that September yeah but anyhow so no and I started hanging out and dating and stuff when we were 17 and now we're like two years later. We look so different, but I will look back on pictures of Noah. That like the one of the first pictures I took with you. It's actually hanging on our wall. Yeah, I shot that on film. Mm-hmm. But oh my gosh, he's so just. You just want to be like, oh, what a little tiny little kid we were. <laughs> you know, not like you were like. I had a baby face. Yeah. I still kind of do because I no. don't have any acne. Yeah. Odd flex, but it's like <laughs> You're I. Like, yeah, I'm genetically gifted. <laughs> no, not even that. It's like, you know, I have no facial hair, and I didn't have any facial hair prior from 17 until like late 18. Yeah. I it wasn't agree. until like maybe a few months ago. Back in like November of 2019, I yeah. started, you know, it started becoming more prominent. But now it's like mm-hmm. I have a mustache and like chin hair. Yeah. Compared to that, it was like I was always clean shaved just because if I tried to grow any facial hair, I'd look it would be really like, nasty. It would be like three hairs on yeah. your lip. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I think that you have. I read something about how guys mature most like in their 20s because. People are always like, oh, yeah, you reach your fullest height when you're this or you reach your fullest like maturity. But people say that, you know, you mature when you're like 18 or 19. But I feel like most people or like most young men, their facial structure and like everything about that doesn't really make it until they're like anywhere between 19 and 25 or something like that, you know? Yeah. But then there are those people who just have a baby face for their whole life. Right. Because I know a couple of people like that. Anyhow, uh, side note, if you can hear someone mowing the lawn, I apologize. Recording this in our room, all the windows are shut, but this mic kind of picks up the oddest details. So in yeah. case it's in the background, I want to apologize for that. Yeah. Our neighbor just decided he had to do that right now. So. Yeah. In the middle of an overcast, rainy day. Yeah. As all people do. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um traveling this has kind of been a rambling episode yeah i think that's okay though that's we... what we can title it <laughs> anyhow um 
My favorite trip, though, like aside from my most me- my most memorable one, my favorite trip is definitely our Mexico trip. Yes, I agree. That was so fun. Yeah. So for my 18th birthday, my lovely fiance surprised me, and she even made these custom plane tickets <laughs> that had my first last name. It had like a fake flight number, but that didn't. That was beside the point. Yeah. And then it it said like you know trip to Mexico City, and then it was like happy birthday, mm-hmm. I love you. <laughs> and so that was amazing. We went. My birthday is May second, and then our trip was like Halloween of that year. Mm-hmm. And when we went, it was like, it was the Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. I apologize if I butcher butcher that pronunciation. But, but I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I took Spanish for two years in high school. I'm clearly fluent. Obviously. Yeah. Anyhow. More fluent than me. <laughs> yeah. But we went for the Dia de los Muertos, and uh, it was me, you, and your parents, mm-hmm. because obviously traveling internationally is a lot different. And yeah. that was actually like my first international trip, like mm-hmm. aside from Canada. Yeah. Mexico was my first international trip. It was like you got to th- go through customs. You got to go to the airport and all that. Right. And that was my favorite trip because we. That was when I just went vegan, mm-hmm. and we had oh so much good food the there. The food there is it so was phenomenal. Good. So, if you ever get the chance to go to Mexico City during the Dia de los Muertos, they do this big fun parade. Um, mm-hmm. They have so many costumes, colors. Face paint, masks, all of that. Everyone's like super hyped up too. Which yeah, is it's fun. like it's. If you've seen the movie movie Coco, that's probably the most accurate representation of what that holiday is about. Mm-hmm. I'm also not, you know, super into Mexican culture and history, but from my understanding, from you know friends and peers who have told who are Hispanic, they say that movie's pretty pretty accurate in its yeah. depiction of that holiday. Yeah. But anyhow. You know, it's just a very fun... It's a celebration of the dead. Some people, you know, misconceptualize it for it being, the, you know, the Mexican Halloween just because it falls around that time frame. But it's not. Yeah. And it's a celebration of the dead and all that fun stuff. I don't know a ton about it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not explain it because yeah. otherwise I'm going to mess it up. Just in your interpretation. I think that that's pretty accurate from what I've understood, too, and... And, you know, it was a cool experience to be able to go. And I think that it was a really fun... It was our first international trip together. And I think that we both plan on traveling more in the future. Um, We're trying to plan a trip to Canada. Yeah. For our two-year anniversary. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I just, you know, I would eventually love to go to Europe. And I was telling Noah that we should go to Thailand because... If you would like to travel, the most expensive thing that you're going to pay for going to Thailand is airfare. Because once you're there, everything is very, very, very affordable. So that was a fun trip for me. And going back to most memorable and what did you say? Most memorable trip? And And your favorite. My favorite. So I would say most memorable would probably be Mexico. And any any trips that we've been on together, those are really memorable for me. Mm -hmm. I. But honestly, it's so hard to pinpoint which one is more memorable. And it's so hard to pick, you know, because there were some trips that I really enjoyed going on. Like, I have gone on full family trips, and I've been been to Japan and Hawaii with my older sister. And you and I have been on a road trip and to Mexico. And so it's, it's hard for me to decide which one is more memorable or more my favorite or something like that because 
you know, I and I know this sounds privileged to say, but it's like there's too many to pick from. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do feel very fortunate that I've been able to travel because uh, it's offered me so many different views on the world. And even though I think that personally I'm a very homebody kind of person, mm-hmm. like I do enjoy traveling, but I probably I'm, I will never be one of those people that will just pick up and go and be so excited to, right. you know, live out of their suitcase because I love calling a place home. I love having a daily routine. And I love being able to kind of settle in and have some roots somewhere. But um, it is really neat to be able to experience those things and see the different places and the different smells and... Different food, for sure. Different food. Oh, my gosh, yeah. But I still really want to go to Italy and Greece. Yeah. Those places look so beautiful. We'll have to put that on our bucket list. Mm -hmm. What's really weird is, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's like you come from a family of eight you know, and that's including mm-hmm. your parents. And I come from a family of like three to five. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, traveling with Alex and my father, mm-hmm. it's a lot different because it's like you're only getting, everyone's kind of getting themselves ready. Yeah. Because it's like you have these, the bare necessities, and then bring whatever else you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, for your parents, it's like they got to get everybody ready, coordinate everybody, make sure everyone's out the door. Yeah, it's a process. You have to allow for an extra 45 minutes on top of what you think Mm -hmm. you're going to need. Yeah, I think that that's something that I've noticed is especially in the trips where I've only traveled with one person or two people or even the trip that we took with my parents. It's like, it's so nice to just be able to pick up and go. And, And I think that that's... I definitely want to be able to offer our kids the experience of travel when we are parents because... Yeah, me too. You know, there's nothing that you can, there's nothing that you can compare it to. It's just, it's so enriching. It's a once in a lifetime experience. You know, once in a lifetime, but yeah, it's quite an experience. Yeah, it's just, it kind of, especially if you go on a long trip. So that's another thing that I was going to talk about is that. I typically go on shorter trips, mm-hmm. like, you know, weekends, week longs. Yeah. A week and a half is, I think is probably the longest trip I've been on, and that was to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Even when we went to Mexico, it was like, we only went for like four days. Yeah. But we made the most out of it. Yeah. And I think that's why I've really enjoyed the international trips that I've been on uh, with my family is because my parents really make an effort to... It's like, if we're paying for the airfare to get there, then we want to maximize the time that we have. And so um, they have always kind of said that, you know, let's aim for anywhere between four and six weeks. And... Instead of staying in one place, all of our international trips we've been to, we've stayed at multiple different cities in the country. And for our Southeast Asia trip, we went to three different countries, spent like three weeks in Thailand, one week or two weeks in Cambodia and one week in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And it was just so interesting to be able to uh, see the different dynamics of, you know, different cities and smaller places and larger places. But I think that something I'm really... um, excited for in the future is to allow our family like our family together that Mm -hmm. because uh you definitely come home and it's a different experience because especially um when we went to thailand and and cambodia you know you hardly ever come across a paved road um especially all in the big cities there's paved roads but smaller places it's like dirt roads you know 
and you realize that you don't really need a whole lot to survive off of, and that all of the novelties that were allowed... And I know that this is cheesy because everyone always says that when they're traveling. They're like, oh, I didn't realize how fortunate I was, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that in an arrogant way, but it does make you step back and say, how much do I really need? Exactly. And I personally have always, like, kind of liquidated when I get home from a trip because I'm just like, oh, all this stuff that I don't really want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think traveling is a lot of fun. It's like, you know, you get to experience new culture, meet new people, try new food. And, you know, when you're packing, it's like you're kind of only packing the bare necessities Mm because it's like you're going to go spend your time it's like you don't want the last place you want to be is indoors yeah like at a hotel somewhere or an airbnb yeah so it's like you just want to go 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 and see all the things you can see and Mm -hmm. do all the things you can do and it's like it kind of makes you minimalize your lifestyle for a short bit whether you're going for four days a weekend or you know two months yeah it's like you pack the bare necessities and then you know, you're on your own. Yeah. And even then the clothes that you pack, you only end up using half of them. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely the person who overpacks. Oh, I always overpack. I've gotten better about it. I think that the last few trips I've taken, I've only brought a backpack, like mm-hmm. a regular school backpack. Except for Mexico. I severely underpacked. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> another story is... When we were in Mexico, we went for four days, and I checked the forecast. It's like 30, 40% chance of rain. Yeah. In case you didn't know, Mexico City's in the mountains, so that's like a guaranteed rainy season if it says 30 or 40% chance just anticipate uh-huh. it raining. I had brought Converse, so those are canvas shoes, and like, I think I brought a beanie, and yeah. I brought like this zip-up uh, jacket. Mm-hmm. It was Swiss Army, and... Don't get me wrong. It was like water resistant, not waterproof. Mm-hmm. And it when we were on the side of the street waiting for the parade to happen, it was dumping rain. Oh my gosh, that was it was such a cool parade, but that was the worst part. Yeah, and it was like we were just waiting out there for probably like an hour and a half in the and rain. It was windy. It was windy. It was cold. Maybe not cold, but I was cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's one of the very few. If I'm going somewhere rainy, I think that's gonna be one of the few times I overpack. Yeah. Just because it's, like, lesson learned from that one. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what happened to Dakota and I when we went to Hawaii. She took me there for uh, my, like, it was a birthday and a graduation present. And so we went when I was 18 in, in, like, late June. And the whole week leading up to it, I was checking the weather forecast. We went to Kauai for... Uh, I think we were there for a week. Yeah. Uh, And it was so much fun. Like, we had such a good time. But the entire time up to the trip, we were checking the weather forecast. And it was in the 80s and looking nice and no clouds and no rain. And we literally got there. (laughs) And we checked the forecast. And it was like... Thunderstorms. 65. Rain. 70. Rain. 73 overcast and we only got one sunny day like full sunny day but we did find a really cool beach that we could take a little hike down to and we swam in the ocean in the rain while it was raining and didn't really care because it was like even though it was even though it was raining and overcast, it was still humid. Yeah, I was in Hawaii when it rains, it's like it's almost like taking a shower. Yeah, so it's, it's it was still warm, so it's not like we were upset about it. But 
that trip was fun. We had lots of pizza and lots of tea and coffee and shave ice. That's another thing. Coffee anywhere else oh my is gosh. amazing. Such an experience. Oh my gosh, the coffee in Mexico. I don't know how they do it, but all the espresso in the drip we got, they oh somehow gosh. made it taste like dark chocolate. Like I'm talking with like no added sugar. It's like yeah. dark chocolate with like so earthy smooth. notes. Smooth, not very acidic. Yeah. Okay, that's another thing I have to touch on. Matcha in Japan is no joke. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Like you think that you get some matcha in the states and you're like oh this is pretty good yeah i like it no if you go to japan you should only drink matcha i only drank matcha while i was there mm-hmm. and it was so like there was this one place we went to and it was in tokyo and it was like the because you know how sometimes it's hard to like find that balance of like milk to matcha ratio mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not very matcha-esque and other times it's like too much matcha so got a sip of that tea but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh no this matcha was so good i just i was just thinking back on it and i kind of stepped out of my body for a second because i was just remembering how good it was mm-hmm. mm. Okay, what's the best international food you've eaten? Or the best food you've eaten while on a trip? It doesn't have to be international. I say I've only been to like two places. I know. Actually. <laughs> um, so, when we went to Portland, mm-hmm. I tried boxer ramen for the first time. Okay. That plate, like, I wasn't vegan then, so mm-hmm. I obviously got like pork ramen. Mm-hmm. But even I tried yours and it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It, like, the broth is made in house. Oh, Everything so is like, you know, organic, gourmet, and just made with all the love. Yes, they do such a good job. Yeah. That or when we went to Mexico. And, man, where else did we go? I'm trying to think of the food. We ate there. Oh, we went to this one restaurant. It wasn't our first day there. It must have been like our second or third day there. We the got one with tacos. The pink walls? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it had like um, pink taco shells. Oh yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. That was really good. That had the best. Ta- okay, that restaurant was so good. It had like all sorts of different drinks and. Oh, like... actually, we went there twice because remember we went there again to get waffles the next day. Oh yeah, we went there for breakfast the next day, and I think we got a second dinner there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went there like three times in our four-day trip. It was so good. And then another place we went to for brunch, um, mm-hmm. I think I got a smoothie there too. Oh, yeah. That and was I the one it. place that was really small, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like shoulder to shoulder. Uh-huh. And you got the chilaquiles, mm-hmm. which is tortilla, house-made tortilla chips with like red sauce. And it's got like a whole bunch of... It's got tomato sauce. It's got... Uh, it's like dried peppers, it's like spices. Chili sauce. Yeah. It's so poured good. all over the top along with like, you know, like sauteed vegetables, beans, mm-hmm. all that yummy stuff. You got that. I don't remember what I got. I remember I ordered a smoothie at one point though. Yeah. And smoothie you, or juice. I think you also got like one of their waffle sandwiches. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um that place was also really good. Yeah. How about you? Oh, there are so okay, there's so many things. So first was Mexico. All that, all the, 
I wouldn't say all the food because there was that one place where they like literally didn't get my food right. And then they took like an hour on top of that. Yeah, we sat there for like literally an hour and a half and they brought each of our food, like each of our meals out individually. So we were all eating at different times and it was really awkward. And you could see the kitchen and they were literally just standing around and you're just like, hello. But um, yeah, that was not a fun time. But no. All of the other places that we went to in Mexico were super good. And then in, uh, okay, so there's one place in uh, Costa Rica. I think it's in the mountain region of Monte Verde. Mm -hmm. And it's called Stella's Bakery. (sighs) Here's what they do. Okay, imagine a gigantic burrito. And, like, Costa Rican food is way different than Mexican food because, like, it was so cringy. We saw this one tourist guy there, and he was like, mm, I love some Mexican food. And the guy was like, this is Costa Rica. It's not Mexican. It's Costa Rican food. And he was like, oh, well, it's all Spanish anyway. And we were just like, okay, Yikes. stop being so upsetting. Giving us Americans a good rap out there. I know. I am embarrassed to be an American sometimes because of that. But anyhow, so... Costa Rican food is, like, very into... It's kind of like Caribbean, isn't it? Yeah. It's very into the spices, and there's a lot of fried plantains and lime and cilantro, and it's so good. But anyhow, so Stella's Bakery, it was a giant burrito, but she had pan-fried it, and she had, like, this, like, avocado, like, like, lime... uh, like tomatillo sauce on the inside and it was like cold Mm. but it was hot on the outside because she had pan fried it Mm. and so it was like oh my gosh it was so life-changing and it was vegan it had like yams and black beans and like costa rican rice which is like they put a lot of spices in it and stuff wow that was so good also like thai curry from thailand is way different than Thai food here. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt it. It's so good. Mm. There's just... I can't even describe it. It's like... That's another thing about traveling is, you know, we have, like, Chinese and Mexican and, like, all those restaurants here, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing like going to the actual source of where it came from. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's just so authentic. It's like every... Mexican restaurant we went to in Mexico, they had house-made tortilla chips. Mm -hmm. They don't do that here. And um, it's just so good. Mm -hmm. House-made tortillas, house-made everything. Yeah. So much different. Yeah. But, okay, although there was one sad thing about Japan. Japan has really good food, but it's so busy there, especially, well, only if you're in Tokyo, I think. Like, if you're in a big city where there's a lot of tourism as well as a large population that live mm-hmm. there, it's really hard. And I was in a group of seven people, or seven or eight people. I can't remember. But, um, so it was really hard for us to find a place to sit because they don't really do large group seating there. And so, um, we ended up going to get ramen a few times, but, uh, most of the stuff that I lived off of was... Um, anigri from 7-Eleven and rice chips and uh, 
an occasional apple or two. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of difficult. But I feel like it would be a, such a different experience if you're traveling with only one person or if you're traveling by yourself. Oh, yeah. And But then uh, we went to Kyoto one day. It was just Dakota and I. We had kind of stepped away from our group just to hang out there by ourselves. And uh, we... So, like, in Kyoto, there's different districts. And so, or it's not like districts, but different streets have different, are dedicated to selling, like, one thing. And oh, so, okay. there was, like, one street dedicated to selling pottery, which was really cool. And there was one street that was, you know, all sorts of different food and drinks and stuff. And so, we got, like, two different types of coffee that day. And we went to this one place where they had, like, traditional little tiny rice balls and stuff. And... But it's just cool to experience, especially at the older cities of places like that. It's so neat to try new food and yeah. see new things. I think we might have to make this into like, not a series, but another part. We might have to come back and talk about travel yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to bring this one to a close? Yes, that you know, sounds good. Closing thoughts on travel, our experiences and stories and all that? Um, Just get out there. It's not as hard as you think it is. And, you know save up for it yeah it's like there's youth hostels and single traveler hostels and airbnbs and all sorts of stuff it's like it's kind of a once in a lifetime deal yeah it's like the world's big Mm -hmm. and it's like why wouldn't you want to see all the other beauties that it has to offer yeah and it's like if you have the opportunity and you're kind of second guessing it just go for it you can do it yeah it'll be a fun time uh, so my turn to give a rec? Yes, I believe it is. All right. So kind of related to traveling, you know, we got, when you travel, you got either long plane or long car rides. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend some music. Yeah. Yeah. So my rec is, again, related to music. Sorry, I'm blinking. Oh, you're good. <laughs> Anyhow, um... So, uh, if you want to follow me on Spotify and see what I listen to, as what Aspen and I listen to, <laughs> at Noah Austin. Yeah, that's Noah's. Noah Austin or Noah A. It's one of those two. I think two. it's Noah A. Okay. Because. Oh, yeah, I had to make got, another one. Yeah, because we got a joint account, and that's when we had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not my rec, though, but that's just in case you wanted to see what else I listen to. Yeah. Or what we listen to. So, what I recommend is these two artists, two bands, uh, one band is All Time Low. They're uh, a, po- a pop punk band from Baltimore. And then I'm also recommending uh, this band from British Columbia, Vancouver, Peach Pit. Oh, I love that. And if you're looking for two songs to get you started on, you know, either of the two, probably one of my personal favorites, favorites from All Time Low is, uh, let's see, I have a lot. There's so many. <laughs> yeah. They're a really good band. They've been around for about 10 plus years. Uh, from All Time Low, I recommend Weightless. I knew you were going to say yeah, that. <laughs> either that or um, Sleeping In. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, and then from Peach Pit, I'm going to recommend Drop the Ge- Drop the Guillotine. Drop the Guillotine. Yeah. I've heard different pronunciations. They kind of say... They gu- say guillotine. Yeah, they say guillotine. But then when I hear people talk about it, it's a guillotine. Yeah, I think that's the... Like the French pronunciation okay. of it, but anyhow, that's so that's a song I'd recommend from Peach Pit, and also from Peach Pit, I would recommend uh, Black Licorice. That is a good song, yeah. So, hashtag the NA show, um, yes. keep the conversation going. Follow us on Instagram at the not applicable show. I just posted 
uh, on there about our previous episodes that we recorded. Yes, and you can also comment on our latest posts about where you would like to travel next or where you have traveled or where your favorite place is or any thoughts that you had on our uh, on this episode as you know as long as it's kind and positive because mm-hmm. we love those kind and positive vibes. Yeah. <laughs> We'll speak at you next week. Yeah, have a good day or night or whenever you're listening to this. Bye. Bye.